What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Eagle Scholar Podcast. And just about a half hour after we recorded our last episode, we started recording it. So five minutes after we finished recording it, we are back here with training camp. August 1st, no training camp today. We've had training camp the last four days. Uh, this episode may be coming out before the episode we do for the record predictions. So that may be a little trippy. I may edit that one first, just move past that. But anyway, guys, uh, I'm here with Samuel Goldberg, as always. I feel like that's just assumed at this point, right, Sam? I guess, yeah. I mean, like, you forced me. No, I'm kidding. You don't force me to be here. I love doing this. Um, love being on a podcast with you. It's it's great. I feel like our chemistry is getting better every episode. And, yeah, I'm ready to talk some Eagles training camp. we got a game coming up in 11 days. So Yeah, if, pre- if, preseason against the Steelers. And I don't care that's preseason. I'm watching that whole damn game. <laughs> I, I just want to see football. I need football, man. I'm going through withdrawal. It's like football is like my drug of choice. I'm going through withdrawal. <laughs> okay, so uh, starting off training camp, uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the Jordan Mailata battle with uh, Andre Dillard? What do you want to start with, Sam? Because there is so much we have to cover on this episode. Well, I know you. Well, I know you've been writing a couple articles for Philadelphia Sports Today, and uh, if you want to start off with a couple of talking points from those articles and stuff like that, we can dive deep into what you got. Yeah, be sure to check those articles out on Philly Sports Today and follow me on Twitter. But anyway, uh, Philly Sports Today. So looking at these articles, I wrote the training camp day three notes. We had a slight injury scare with Brandon Brooks, so everything's fine day-to-day hamstring injury. And the injuries, they're not that bad. Devontae Smith injury, some people were freaking out like, oh, uh, we're not going to have our top receiver we've had since... Deshaun Jackson, healthy for week one. It's just a little tweak in his leg. Devontae Smith is fine. He was base, He's basically standing out there with his helmet off after he just tweaked it. It's just a little muscle thing. It happens to everybody in life. It's nothing major. They're just being cautious because it's Devontae Smith. But Jalen Rager was back. He had his first uh, training camp Saturday evening. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was back, but he got injured on a catch. Uh, Greg Ward is still day-to-day with a non-COVID illness. Some guys like Shaquille Taylor and Nate Meters are still out. They're day-to-day and week-to-week. But the injury front, it's not that bad. Uh, Rodney McLeod is on schedule. uh, Brandon Brooks is on schedule. Everything there is good. But what I want to jump into, Jordan Mailata versus Andre Dillard. This is probably my favorite talking point. And I have not written an article on this yet, but I will write an article on this for Philly Sports Today. So talking about this dillard Mylotta battle, Sam, do you want to kick us off there with what we've seen so far in the first four days of camp? Uh, so right now, just from looking at uh, just from looking at tweets and stuff like that on Twitter, it seems like Jordan Mylotta has been the better of the two so far. Uh, Brandon Graham has been getting the best of uh, Andre Dillard in a couple of drills so far. Uh, get, get like giving up a couple of sacks and stuff like that, which isn't which isn't what we want to see. But um, however, however, uh, also also, I just feel like Jordan Mailata has really come into his own here in Philadelphia, and right now he's winning that left tackle battle uh, against Andre Dillard. 
Yeah, I totally have to agree with that. And the scouts and journalists are saying they are there at Eagles camp. Mylotta looks a lot better than Dillard. And Dillard was a first-round pick. Mylotta was a seventh-round pick. Really should not be that way, drafting-wise. But Jordan Mylotta has really developed. You said he's coming to his own. Nick Sirianni said Mylotta is really rounded in the shape and is in the best shape of his life. So Mylotta has all this raw potential to be great. I think Mylotta can do great things. Well, every practice when Dillard has been on first team, days one through three, he was basically all second team day four because Mylotta was the full-time starter. Dillard has gotten torched by Joshua and Derek Barnett. Mylotta has shut both of them down. So that's a great thing to see because Barnett and Sweat are two of the better edge rushers in the NFL. And for a guy like Mylotta, shut him down. That's something we love to see. Mylotta was one of the best-ranked offensive tackles after he got the starting job in week 11, I believe it was. He was graded high by PFF, Pro Football Focus. They are the top place to look for offensive line rankings. But another thing I want to talk about, this Josh Sweat versus Derek Barnett battle, Sam. This is another battle that I think it's more even. It's more like evenly, Mm -hmm. just evenly situated, I guess you could say. Both players have an equal shot at getting the role, and both players in Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat deserve that number one role. Yeah, uh, I, I'm probably, I, if, uh, if it were me, I would probably, I like Josh Sweat more over Derek Barnett. I feel like uh, just contract situation as well. We can give Josh Sweat uh, less money and he can produce more rather than giving Barnett a lot of money and for getting less production. I really hope Josh Sweat wins the starting job. And I think we could see Derek Barnett on the move this year and a potential trade uh, this year to maybe go get um, Xavier Howard. I know that's been rumored a little bit around uh, the NFL, uh, Derek Barnett and a first rounder to go get Xavier Howard. Yeah. So when I look at Joshua and Derek Barnett, uh, Barnett was another first round pick that is, he's been good, but he's not been what we expected. Joshua was a later round pick, fourth round pick that's really developed. So those late round picks, my lot of Joshua, they have turned into starters. Another guy, Avante Maddox, late round pick that's turned into a starter. We'll talk about him a little later moving into the slot. So Joshua, scary leg injury in high school after being, I believe, the number one ranked player in all of high school. He was supposed to be this next generational talent going to Florida State. Had the scary leg injury, was good at Florida State, just was not a self. Eagles took a risk on him in the fourth round. Really was just getting back into shape. Third year, he really broke out last year, but he he only played about 44% of the snaps. That is not a exact number, but it's right around 44%. Uh, and the thing with that was, was he fully healthy? Was his body in the best shape? And there was some skips and like skeptical talk between scouts for the NFL Network and Josh Sweat on Instagram. His Instagram story said, I'm not on a snap limit, like in a motivational way, if anybody saw that. Um, So that is a good thing to hear because we could see a snap count raise above 60% of the defensive end snaps, especially if Barnett is on the move. And both of them are on a contract year. We're going to have to most, in my opinion, P 
pick. We are 100% going to have to pick between one of the two in free agency before they go into free agency because the second either one of them goes to free agency, both of them, their value would be over $12 million a year, both in my opinion, just with the current value of edge rushers. I think we end up trading Barnett around the deadline, maybe, like you said, in a move for Xavier Howard, maybe a move for Deshaun Watson. We really don't know. Maybe just for a second, third round draft pick. We don't know, mm-hmm. but I do think Barnett is on the move. But we have to see what happens. If Barnett breaks out this year, keep him. If, if Sweat's better, keep him. Whoever is better, keep him. They're both uber young. And if we could potentially keep both of them as Hurts after this year is two more years left on his rookie contract, we could keep Barnett on a two-year prove-it deal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But it is more than likely we do have to choose between Sweat and Barnett. As you are, I'm more on the side of Joshua being the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching gears now to the offensive side of the ball, a couple of uh, points that we make here. Devontae Smith is really coming into his own here as a Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, so far, first couple of days in training camp, uh, has has done some good good things. Uh, he did suffer an injury though. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so I I would be a little bit surprised if he wasn't practicing tomorrow. Uh, again. Uh, we could see him fully practice on Tuesday. Uh, however, I did suffer a little uh, lower body injury uh, on Friday. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. No, because today's Sunday. So, yeah, it was Saturday. I, I swear to gosh, I am – this whole quarantine thing and COVID is just – I, I don't know what day of the week it is anymore. But um, anywho, Jalen Hurts has taken a, uh, some nice strides this year so far uh, in training camp. Uh, he's, he's been very co- commandative of the ball and he's, he's made smart decisions. Uh, he did throw, he did, he has had a couple of, uh, passes picked off, but, uh, I mean, that, that, that happens and he, that, that happens. And also we really don't know, like the plays that they're running in the red zone, like the plays that they're running on 11 and 11s is what we're actually going to see in the game. Like, what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm stating is that we don't know when we're actually gonna see um, in-game, like week, like week one type stuff. Like right now, we're just probably seeing like basic plays being run, but we're probably not gonna see those plays being run in the regular season. Yeah, I agree with that, and I'd rather Jalen Hurts take the shots now, just to get chemistry down and throw those skeptical balls, so he knows not to throw them come week one. I'd rather him let the trigger go now just so he has confidence. And Jalen Hurts shakes interceptions off. So if he throws an interception, the mental part of it really does not phase me because he's always the kind of guy that just shakes it off onto the next play. So I just want him, in my opinion, I think it's best for quarterbacks and all athletes to take in practice to be more loose with it and not necessarily make bad plays but just take the risky play. And whereas in a game, you would not take it. So maybe Jalen Hurts would have not thrown that ball over the middle of the field and it would have not got picked off by TJ Edwards in a regular game. But Jalen Hurts, according to the scouts that have been watching practice, every practice he has looked uh, substantially better each practice, which is what we like to see. And it's as expected. You're mm-hmm. going to keep improving as you keep playing. So, It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But another thing I want to know, and it's just practice. They cannot hit the quarterback now. 
Jalen Hurts cannot escape sacks, but he, he can. But if he's touched, he can't really break a tackle. That's something he could do in real, like in a real game situation. But Jalen Hurts cannot use his legs to run. That's probably the biggest aspect of his game. So there's not the threat of him running. Whereas in a game, there would be the threat of him running. He's really impressed with his arm. And that was the big question mark on Jalen Hurts. The, the leader part of the quarterback position, the athletic part of the quarterback position is there. Can he win with his arm? And so far in training camp, he has one with his arm. But let's see how it translates to week one and a full NFL season. What I love about Jalen Hurts, though, is his leadership. Just his ability to lead a team. He once he said one thing he would love to do uh, after every practice in which he's done so far is grab all the tight ends and wide receivers and just kind of uh, talk talk about what uh, what they liked at practice and what they didn't like and just kind of get one percent better every day. That's what that's a quote that he stated a little bit earlier in the week. And honestly, I I'm I. There's just no way this kid can fail in the NFL. Like this kid, like there, there's no way Jalen Hurts is going to be a Jake Locker type of player. Like there's no way. Like like there's just there's no way. Like there, I don't see this guy failing in the NFL. Like I I just can't. I can't picture it. Like even if he wasn't in the Eagles uniform, I still can't picture this guy failing in the NFL. Yeah. So even if Jalen Hurts is not a Philadelphia Eagle, I still would root for him just because he's the kind of guy you want leading your team. And, and the, he had over two games with over 300 yards passing. And if you look at that Arizona Cardinals game where he had over 400 yards and four touchdowns, he looked spectacular in that game. And that was the second game, second start of his career. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Devontae Smith now in Philly. Uh, Miles Sanders will be getting more touches, new coaching staff. It'll be interesting to see how Jalen Hurts is used with his legs and I think you could see around 800, 750 yards rushing. I'd, I'd like him to his rushing to not get used as much designed plays outside of the red zone unless it's necessary because mm-hmm. his arm and his legs and him just being on the field is more important than running the football. I'd rather run it with Miles Sanders and get four yards than run it with Jalen Hurts and get six yards just because – we saw it with Carson Wentz in 2017. One, when you run, if there's one play, you get hit awkwardly, you could be out for the year. So that's the thing with mobile quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts does know how to protect his body very well and very tiny. So not tiny, but he's a, not a small quarterback. He's six one, so he can kind of wrap up quickly and slide quickly, quickly more quickly than a guy like Mahomes or a guy like Deshaun Watson. So that's something to note. But I just think I'm excited to see what happens with Jalen Hurts. And I really do think we could be in for a special career if he can win with his arm. That's what I've been preaching all offseason. Can Jalen Hurts win you games with his arm? And the Arizona Cardinals game, he definitely showed that. But the rest of the games he played, the second half of that Packers game, the Saints game, the Dallas game and the Washington game, he could not win with his arm. But that Cardinals game, over 300 yards passing and three touchdowns, he showed he could win with his arm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. And uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, apparently uh, we might have a different number two uh, that's not Joe Flacco. Nick Mullins has been really impressing 
the coaches early on in camp, and it could be a battle for quarterback number two between uh, Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, really young guy coming from San Francisco, uh, a lot of potential. Um, I, I honestly think Nick Mullins is the best number three guy we've had here in a while. Uh, no offense to Nate Sudfeld, even though you got us, uh, even though you got us the number nine pick. So thank you, Nate. Um, Number six pick. Number six pick, excuse me. And yeah, Nick Mullins is by far one of the better, uh, QB number threes uh, to come into Philly, but really could become quarterback number two here, uh, in Philly. If he has a, if he continues to build on, uh, his, uh, stellar start to training camp yeah uh the eagles beat reporters that have been at training camp have said nick mullins has been a nice surprise and the thing that i think teams like is i think they want to draft a franchise back teams like to draft a franchise backup if that makes sense like what colt mccoy was for years in in washington that's just one example what Nick Foles was for throughout his career. You want that backup in case something happens. And obviously sometimes you can't keep them because they'll want money. They'll want a starting job, but Nick Mullins is that guy while he's a backup, he could develop. So that's interesting to see what happens with Nick Mullins and Joe Flacco is also a good guy to have in that quarterback room, two times Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco. Uh, and then moving on, I want to talk about, Dallas Goddard and Jalen Rager both failing their uh, physical. Uh, for a wide receiver to fail his physical is atrocious. A tight end, offensive linemen will have a failed physical. Sometimes tight ends, just because they're bigger. Sometimes a receiver to fail a physical, that's almost impossible to happen. Uh, so, yeah, Jalen Rager's been going through a lot uh, in the past couple of weeks. Um a loss of family member, uh, just there's just a lot of mental stuff going on with him at the moment. But uh, in regards to that, uh, Sirianni said that he's sticking with Rager, uh, that the kid's young, he loves him, and that Rager will be ready to go by the uh, start of the first preseason game. Yeah, that we have to have our prayers up for Jalen Rager and his family. That it is very difficult. And Jalen Rager has had a difficult time in Philadelphia so far, but I'm excited to see what Jalen Rager can do. I think he can be a very good receiver in Philadelphia, and especially number two, essentially a number three weapon behind Dallas Goddard because he's a glory tight end receiver. So, and Devontae Smith obviously is our number one. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but I'm excited to see what Rager can do because he is explosive with the ball in his hands. And no offense to Rager, but I just don't think he was in necessarily the best shape last year. So I think he can have a whole other level of just speed to his game, which is scary. And we saw in uh, training camp last year against Darius Slay, he blew Darius Slay off the line of scrimmage and Carson Wentz threw a dot to him. I'm excited to see what happens with Rager. He only dropped one ball. I believe that was the... Touchdown against Dallas, went through a back shoulder, and goes a great pass, great route. It just great. Went, Rager should have hold, held on to that one, uh, but the court, the defensive back kind of did break it up there. It was on the verge of a drop pass breakup. But Jalen Rager, what he needs to do to improve this year is he needs to be in the shape the team wants him to be in. 
because if he can be in that shape and be around 190, he can fly. He has good footwork. He is fast, and he is explosive with the ball in his hands. He can hit a gap, and he can be gone. And that that really brings value to a team. And he has good hands. People say he has quote-unquote drop problems. That's a made-up narrative. Jalen Rager is great at contesting catches, and I think he can be very good in Philadelphia. So I'm excited to see what happens with Jalen Rager. Yeah, to bounce off your Jalen Rager point, and now what Nick Sirianni's doing, uh, playing Rager more in the slot and using him in space, that's where he should be used. Uh, he's got a lot of expectations on him because he was drafted before Justin Jefferson. And the thing that I, that I think that I want to hit home is Justin Jefferson was put in the right situation. Chad Beebe was their number two going into the year. Justin Jefferson came in and was the number two. So when now this year, we don't have to deal with Deshaun Jackson anymore. We don't have to deal with Alshon Jeffrey anymore. It's now the Jalen Rager show. And I think he will absolutely thrive this year. Uh, another point I want to throw out. I think Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager are going to be compared for their entire careers as long as Rager is in Philly or Jefferson's in Minnesota, the same way Wentz and Dak were in uh, Indy and Dallas. And I think Jefferson's a better player, one of the best receivers in football. But I think J- Jalen Rager, he's the number two right now. Justin Jefferson was the number two going into training camp last year. And that's really my point. Jalen Rager doesn't have anybody he needs to beat. He, 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 it's his job. He's focused about week one, not about what's happening before week one. Yes, he wants to get in good shape. He wants to be ready, but he's, he, he's going to be ready for the season, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And I want to talk about Davion Taylor, second year linebacker, uh, really only played one year of high school football, was explosive at Colorado, didn't play much as rookie season, had caught, caught, uh, outran Lamar Jackson in open field, which for a linebacker to do is special. He can fly. He, he says he wants to run around 22 miles per hour. Uh, and, yeah, that's fast. <laughs> that is very fast for a linebacker. That's fast. So that's, that's, that's like, that's that's like holy god fast. That's what he said he's playing around and he wants to play around for the rest of his career. So he's playing next to Eric Wilson, who is kind of the veteran now. He was the young guy next to Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks in Minnesota. Now he's the veteran next to Alex Singleton and Davion Taylor. If Davion Taylor can get more technically sound. He has all the skills to be one of the best linebackers in the NFL, and that's what it sounds like. And it sounds like he's the number two linebacker, which Alex Singleton is currently out. We'll see who wins the Taylor-Singleton battle. But I think Davion Taylor, there's a lot of hopes for Davion Taylor, and I'm very excited there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I feel like I'm – I feel like uh, Davion Taylor, uh, I feel like he's going to be one of the better defenders uh, for this team. I feel like he's going to have a breakout year this year, and I feel like he's going to really come into his own this year. And another guy on the defense that I'm looking at to have a really increased role is Kavon Wallace, uh, kind of playing that hybrid safety in corner. That's kind of wherever the team needs. But uh, he he started the other day for the injured Rodney McLeod in 11 on, 11 on 11s. And he played very well. Uh, he was aggressive, had a couple broken broken up passes. And 
I love for Kavon Wallace to have an increased role on this defense. Yeah, I really like Kavon Wallace. He can play in the box. He can really do a lot of things. He was an underrated fourth-round draft pick out of Clemson. So I think he can play that kind of hybrid role, and I'm excited to see what happens there. And uh, I alluded to it earlier in the episode, but Avante Maddox recently wrote an article on him for Philly Sports Today. Maddox is moving to the slot, ladies and gentlemen, with Stephen Nelson in Philly. 2018 Avante Maddox, he was very good his rookie year in the Mm -hmm. NFL. One of the better slot corners in the NFL, hybrid safety role. I think him and Zach McPherson split the slot snaps. I would say no injuries right now. The plan is for Philly to be 60-40 percent snap wise in the favor of Maddox and then uh, maybe a Kayvon Wallace could get Maddox off the field a little bit we've yet to see that and uh, another thing was Michael Jackwet started outside corner when Darius Slay had the day off so that means Maddox even if Slayer Nelson was down for a game Maddox would still be in the slot and I'd honestly think week eight say one of them gets hurt and I think Zach McPherson could step in there and be the guy. And I just think they want to keep Maddox in the slot because at 5'9", going against a 6'1", or 6'2", corner receiver, even a 6'3", 6'4", receiver, because that's what they are in today's NFL, he's giving up 7, 8 inches there. He's almost giving up three. He's giving up three-fourths of a foot. He's really not – it's not a favorable position for Avante Maddox. But going against 5'10 slot corners, he can use his speed and use his aggressiveness to break up passes and get his hand on balls, which is he gets his when he gets in tight spaces, he can get his hands on those balls and break passes up. That's something I'm excited to see with Avante Maddox. And finally, also with the defensive side of the ball with Gannon, I'm so happy we will never see all of our defensive players line up on the first down marker on third and something. There will be no more of that. I'm so happy. I, I couldn't stand that prevent defense. I, uh, I wanted to like punch a wall every time I saw the formation happen. I mean, we gave him a third and 17 against the Titans and then to Corey Davis. And then he won the game in the end, the, the, the very next play. Like, ah, uh, I was so Sick and tired of prevent defense, but thankfully we will no longer see that anymore with Gannon. That a lot of the guys love Gannon the way he coaches. He's aggressive, and the biggest thing that I couldn't stand um, with our former defensive coordinator is that they never went for the ball. Gannon is aggressive on defense. They want his players to go for the football and force fumbles and force turnovers. I'm so excited to see an aggressive defense again here in Philadelphia. Yeah, when I watched the Eagles defense over the last three seasons, I was not expecting a turnover. And I I was kind of in the mode where a turnover would not happen unless our defensive line did something great, which that's when they force turnovers and force the quarterback to make a bad decision. Now our corners and linebackers and safeties, along with our defensive line, should be forcing turnovers and that's something that really excites me and one thing that I loved uh, Jonathan Gannon sprinted about 30 yards down the field after the defense made a play that made me happy because Jim Shorts would be standing like this with his uh, shoulders just shoulder shrugged and his clipboard in front of him and not be energetic 
And obviously you like that mastermind, which was not Jim Schwartz, but you want an energetic guy too. And you need to have that mix. Sirianni and uh, Gannon seem to be very energetic. And that's something that I really like and I'm really excited for. Bro, I swear to God, they're like, like this, like, like both of them are like Jojo Romero coming out of the bullpen, like shugging a finger Red Bull and slamming it against the head. Like that's the type of energy I get. That's like, that's the energy I feel from both Sirianni and Gannon. Like, I love it. Like, like I feel like there's a brand new feeling in the locker room with this team. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like it's, I, I just, it kind of feels like 2017. I'm getting those vibes. It kind of feels like 2017, the energy. Oh, I could see that. But, yeah, one last thing I want to talk about uh, before we wrap up for today is tight end Tyree Jackson, who was a former quarterback. He stands at 6'7", 250. He's been impressing. His route running on a few drills we've seen, it actually shocked me to see that he could run routes like that. He has good hands, rock-solid hands. Maybe Tyree Jackson, if Ertz is gone, third tight end. Do we keep four tight ends on this roster? Yeah, I agree with you, LJ. I honestly think that they should keep Tyree Jackson on this roster. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I I mean, four, five tight ends on the roster wouldn't mind it at all. I mean, they did that. They did that last season um, with Ertz, Goddard, um, Richard Rogers, and Jason Kroon. Four or five tight ends, I can see it. I feel like Tyree Jackson so far. I feel like he's definitely earning his spot on the roster so far. And who knows, maybe see what he's like in blocking situations. And if he can block and route run and stuff like that, he could be a hidden gem and he could kind of maybe beat out Jason Kroon for that fourth tight end spot. Yeah, I like that. And Richard Rogers is another kind of gem we have there. We have by far the best tight end depth in the NFL. Uh, Obviously, we don't have a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, but we still have great depth there. Yeah, I just want to wrap up today's episode by saying Jason Huntley is explosive from what we've seen so far in camp, and I'm excited to see it. He's another guy, get the ball in his hands. He can take it to the house, did not have that last year, the year before. That's something that can really make an offense great. You saw it in Kansas City. They had guys like Byron Pringle. that They don't get playing time, but when they get the ball in their hands, they are a threat. That's what you need in the NFL. And that's what we have with guys like Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, uh, maybe Jason Hundley. We'll see. Dallas Goddard. We have explosive guys on this team. Miles Sanders, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like to see. I, I really like the direction this team is going. Um, I can't wait to see Jalen Hurts play. Uh, I definitely want to see the starters get a lot of playing time together. And the preseason, especially with the first preseason game coming up, I definitely want to see the starters at least play two to two and a half quarters uh, of this of the first preseason game. Well, anyway, guys, thank you for sticking around for the entirety of the episode for the Eagles Gauntlet podcast. Sam, is there any last words you have before we hop off for the night? No, well, that's I, I again, I'm looking forward to watching this Philadelphia Eagles football team play. We're uh, as of as of this day recording, we're 11 days away from Eagles football. I am so excited for, for this team. I want to see the starters play a lot in the preseason and gel. And I don't know. I, I feel good about this team. I, I feel like the team's in a good, great is in a great place. 
Yeah, I agree with you there, Sam. But anyway, guys, thanks for sticking around, and we will see you next time on the Eagles Gauntlet Podcast. Goodbye.